Welcome in to West of Everest. Lee Benson joining you alongside Grant Benson. A few hours after Oklahoma survives a, well, a game that should not have been as close as it was. Sooners beat BYU 31-24 after the 10 a.m. local kick in Provo. Oklahoma improves to 9-2 on the season. And it was a game in which uh, multiple times as I was watching and on our text thread, I got texts from Grant saying, well, that's it. OU's losing today. Over and over and over again. Uh, I did not feel the same way for the most part until until the only time in the game where I thought, oh, this may be a loss was when Zach Schmidt missed a chip shot field goal when the game was tied at 24. That's a, At that point, I thought, oh, okay, yeah, this may not go well for Oklahoma. But somehow the Sooners pull it off. Uh, turnover differential was the key in the game. OU forcing three turnovers, gotten a lot of points off turnovers. And uh, the big... You know, that was obviously huge, but also I think uh, it's a situation where we talked about it before midweek that it was a game in which Oklahoma should have been careful. It was BYU's essential bowl game. They're going to be a double-digit underdog to Oklahoma State next week. BYU's probably not going to play in a bowl game this year. They knew this going in. It was senior day. They had played poorly. Oklahoma's in town. Everybody gets up for Oklahoma, and yet Oklahoma should have known all of that and still played a close game. And the reason why I think overall that Oklahoma was able to get out of that game, Grant, with a win is because BYU just lacks a lot of talent. It's it's a bad football team. They made a lot of mistakes. And if it was a decent football team, like we talked about the SP Plus rankings and all the analytical rankings, if BYU wasn't, wasn't ranked in the 80s, if they were in the 50s, BYU probably wins that football game. And right now we are just even more annoyed than we are right now granted though i'm not that annoyed oklahoma's nine and two and they survived so anyways i'll stop talking i'll let you let you comment man i was definitely annoyed during the game oof not uh not the most joyful of uh ou football games to watch but uh yeah and i mean you said yeah i mean i was texting that and i mean like i was in my head i was thinking you know it was after you know byu scored pretty easily on their on their second drive of the game after OU went set uh, after OU up, went up seven to nothing, and then OU scored pretty easily their second time down, and I started to think, okay, it kind of looks like they're going to be able to get sort of whatever they want on offense in this game. And then BYU scored really easily, this the to to to, uh, to counter that. And then I just started thinking, well, here we go, here here we go. It it is one of these games. The defense looked really really bad, um, and I think I even texted to the, in our group chat. I was like, I. I think the defense might be bad the entire game. They look awful. Like they're like I don't know if they're going to be able to put it together. And they they did when they needed to, I guess. Um, but for the most part in the second half, even they didn't really put it together because they got kind of run all over in the second half. It was what a weird game, man. What a weird <laughs> game that I um I I just I was I was really feeling it during. I I did not enjoy watching that game. Um, but. I was I was much more upset kind of during the game and then sort of right after the game. I'm feeling pretty good about it now. I don't really care whatever. I it's I I'm I'm okay with <laughs> 9 it. and 2. I am. I'm 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 okay with 9 and 2. I'm like I keep this is so stupid. This is going to like I keep saying this over in my head, but like I don't know, like that 2006 team that won the Big 12, they they struggled to beat UAB in the opening game. Like some I mean sometimes things happen. I think what makes 
this one probably a little bit more concerning is that it just sort of continues a trend that's been going on here in the second half of the season. Um, I mean, they've played poorly in four of their five games in the second half of the year. Like that's that's not good. And I guess if if you want to look glass half full and say, hey, you know, they've played poorly in their three and two in that stretch, then thumbs up, man. Cool. Uh, but <laughs> hey, I'll take the nine and two. It w- I, if that they're in position now to you know to win next week at home because it looks like I mean they play really well at home. Clearly, I, that's I'm outside of that game against UCF. Um, Ten and two sounds great, though. I at this point in time, though, I don't, I don't, I don't really care about what happens with the Big Twelve championship. Just get get to double digit wins. That's a good season. So you said so. Uh, just to be clear, so the last half of the season, yeah, I guess they are. They're what three and two since the Texas or since the Texas game, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and sure, like you look back to last year, OU was six and seven overall. I'm looking back, though, at their roster, or their roster, their schedule from 2022. Great. If they lose to TCU, which obviously would be a huge letdown, and th- that means that that's back-to-back season under Venables where they finished the last six games 3-3. Three and three. They were 3-3 three and three in the last six games last year. They beat Kansas, Iowa State, no issue, and lost to Baylor, West Virginia, and they lost the last game to Texas Tech. So that it, – it, so, yeah. So uh, the ultimate takeaway for me, though, getting away from that, is as we know this team is not a national title contender they're not a playoff contender it's possibly a conference championship contender technically still still in the running for it but uh odds against it happening like oklahoma the oklahoma team they were tied with byu at halftime a byu team that had all but given up on the season a BYU team who had been embarrassed three straight games prior had been effectively beaten and blown out before halftime the last three games. And OU was tied with that team at halftime. I mean, not even at halftime. Talk about tied with them with BYU at the one-yard line about to take the lead in the second half of the game late. Like, yeah, I'm just saying. it's. That's why it's just... I. I feel like it's just better for my mental health if we just flush it, man. Just flush it. Just, <laughs> just, just, just thank Mary that you got out of there, and they can still Let's, win, and they can still go ten and two. Whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll, yes. I'll take it. We we know that we we know that this team when they play their best is maybe a top five team in college football. When they when they are firing on all cylinders, they're clearly not good enough yet to replicate that every single week especially now in in conference play which um yeah what i mean what they've they've played really well in conference play i had three games they played eight games now played well against iowa state texas and and west virginia and that's it they've played poorly in all the other ones let's see i'd say it was underwhelming in cincinnati uh terrific against iowa state honestly they beat texas texas is the best thing they played all year but for large stretches of Texas, they could have been better. They, I mean, the way that game was playing out, OU could have won that game by three scores. They kind of let Texas kind of hang around and stay in it. The way they, the way they met the moment in that game, though, when they needed to, which was makes up for it. Makes it up it, for it, it totally makes up for it, especially in that in that setting and and just based on, I mean, just how just how pitiful they've been on the road this year. Uh, just <laughs> just have not oh, been, been good. They've been awful. 
They had been that's a great because uh, you know it's the, the the year started out. Their first road game was Tulsa. Okay, Tulsa. Tulsa's a bad football team. That was a home. I mean, there was that was a home game. Yeah, exactly. And then the first, I guess you could say, I mean, Tulsa's a true road game technically. Then the next week they play Cincinnati. We were there. They that was a, a game in which OU technically covered, but did not play well and should have beaten that team by a lot. Cincinnati's a bad football team. They they're going to be one of the the worst three teams in the Big Twelve. Cincinnati at Cincinnati, a win, but eh, they lose to Kansas. They lose at Oklahoma State. And then they let BYU, who's playing its worst football of the season, a team that, again, was dominated the three previous games. They let BYU hang around and have a feeling they can win the game, save for a Billy Bowman miraculous 100-yard pick six in the third quarter in which if BYU just would have turned and handed off for like the fifth straight play, would have probably taken the lead because they were gashing Oklahoma's defense. So, I mean, here's the thing. Like, where do we want Oklahoma to be? OU's not there yet. Where do we want them to be? We want them to be, and this is going to take some time if they get there, obviously like, like a team like Georgia, uh, a team like Ohio State right now this season. I mean, two teams that are winning. I mean, I looked at these two games. Like, Georgia goes on the road today against a top 25 team and absolutely dominates. And it's a game in which uh, they win by four touchdowns over Tennessee they were favored by 10 and a half, easily cover, and it wasn't like this was a one-off game where Georgia was like, oh, they played a bunch of cupcakes and they played. No, like this is their third straight game against good, good opposition. They played Missouri, uh, and last week they played Ole Miss, and now, t- I mean, they are just dominating. And you've said it for weeks, they're going to win the national title, and I tend to agree with you. And then I throw in Ohio State just because I was looking through the game. I mean, Ohio State has a home game this, this week today. It gets a mediocre Minnesota team, sure, but a Minnesota team – that's ranked nearly 30 slots higher than BYU in, in the SP Plus rankings. And Ohio State goes on and wins 37-3, to only gives up a field goal. That's it. Just nothing. No problem. Rolled out of bed, casually won by 34 points without breaking a sweat. Yeah. And you know what? I guess you can make the argument, sure, if you want to push back, like OU at home this year has kind of done similar things, and that was a home game for Ohio State. Okay, fair. But still, like, they gave up. 20 to Iowa State, who was playing really bad offense at that time. They gave up way too many points to West Virginia, in my opinion, even though they beat the crap out of West Virginia. Like, Ohio State, three points. Like, on all sides, they blew them out. Like, make it to where it's not even a, not even a thought. You know, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's just the, the progression and, and where, you know, we want them to be, but they're just not, they're not there yet. And maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay. That's what I keep trying to tell myself. I was feeling it during the game, too. I was really frustrated. I would really like them to bottle what they had last week and put it all together and, and just do that, especially against a bad team on the road. Um, at what point do we give BYU credit? I didn't watch a whole lot of BYU, but I did watch a lot of... I watched a lot of the, the Iowa State game last week where they played. They didn't do a lot of that option stuff last week, like at all. Um, so do we give them credit there? I mean... How far do you want to give them credit, I suppose? But, and, I, and I want to give the caveat that BYU in the Power Five is absolutely one of the worst rushing teams in the Power Five. And there were times oh, yeah. during that game where, they, I mean, it was easy for them. It was easy for them at times. And I, um, I'm, I'm kind of willing to, I, I don't want to excuse it, but I'm willing to sort of look past it and not freak out about it too much just because they've been so good against the run this year. Um, 
And and a lot of the times, I mean, they, they've given up some yardage totals here in the second half of the year, but a lot of that is based on just kind of long runs. But I feel like sort of down to down, they've been really strong stuffing the run. That was terrible today. It didn't happen today. Um, how, it's like, I, and I guess I'm asking, and I, I don't want to be an excuse guy, but like also how much of it was they literally hadn't done any of that all season long? I, I Sure, I'm sure there are some new wrinkles here and there, but let's remember, I mean, Again, I brought it up in the last podcast. Just hey, just imagine if BYU would have practiced a full practice week. If they would have practiced on Monday, what if they had an extra day of preparation? They may have won that game. I, it's it's what they were doing was not crazy. And I'm with you. Like Oklahoma has been terrific against the run. Like ultimately, doesn't matter that much that they gave up that many. Like they got out of there with a win. Whatever this this season, they knock off T. Like I actually feel pretty good about the TCU game, mainly because. One, the way they play today, they're going to be like, okay, we got slapped around. Like, we got to come back. It's senior day. They lost to TCU last week, and they've been way better at home this year. So, like, TCU, I'm actually feeling pretty good about it. So, you finish 10-2, and two, whatever, it's fine. It's just the issue is kind of back to what you brought up about 10 minutes ago. It's like you, you wish, you know, or what, like you said a version of, like, Oklahoma, you know, they played so well against West Virginia, but they can't replicate it consistently and that's that's the thing is like Brent Venables always talks about how like man these guys need to to be comfortable and they they need to understand that you got to do the boring things over and over and over again because you have success but the season's long and you got to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and the fact that you give up that many yards to BYU on the ground I mean they almost average six yards a carry that's unacceptable like you should be able to roll out of bed to use your phrase from a moment ago uh, on, on Ohio State, roll out of bed and stuff this BYU team on the ground, no matter what they're doing, no matter what their, their rushing scheme is, and not give up six yards per carry. But yet, they didn't. They, they had a bad day in a season in which they've been very good against the run. And so that's just, again, it's more evidence telling us that, yes, this team, they are improved from last year, I think, honestly, immensely. And considering the win-loss total, They've already improved by three games, and they could improve technically by 11, or I'm sorry, by two more if they win, and then they, you know, I guess who, who knows, maybe they'll play in the Big 12 title game. We'll see. So they can improve even more. So they have improved, certainly, but I tweeted this during the game. I can't help but bring it up, and I think we can all see this, and you see the results. We're almost through the entire season. This team, and it's, it's, a, it's a cliche we like talking about, like, because Invenables brought it up when he was hired. This team at home Looks like a lot better, new, improved Team 129. But on the road, Grant, it looks a lot like Team 128 from 2022. And I guess if that's the case, if it's, it's last year's team, we should be very thankful that they got out of there with a win today. And that's where I'm trying to be right now. That's, that's just kind of where I'm, I'm choosing to be. And, and I don't think... And like any, you know, anything like criticism-wise anybody wants to bring up about this game, it's, it's fair game, man. Like, I'm... I, more power to you. That's all right. Um, I just, I'm, I was so upset during the game and I'd, I'd really prefer just to leave that kind of out of it and just be happy that they won. Happy that they won. Let's, um, let's, do you want to just like go drive by drive or should we hit like more sort of big picture stuff like Jackson Arnold likely making his first start next week against TCU um, and the fact that he played the entire second half, which is, and they won the game and the game was tied at halftime. Uh, all, I mean, all of it. Like, I'll, I'll bring this up. I mean, you kind of brought up the defense. I mean, the defense, obviously, in the first half. So, 
when Oklahoma allowed the first BYU touchdown, didn't love that. That was bad. Like I was like, but at the same time though, in my head, I thought back to last week against Iowa State. Iowa State was up ten nothing pretty quick, but BYU answered to make it ten to seven. I was like, you know what? Like BYU showed some life early in that Iowa State game. Okay, they're showing some early life here against Oklahoma. It's tied at seven. Oklahoma's clearly a much better team. They'll be fine. They'll separate. They didn't separate. But in the second half, you look at the, the drive chart. I mean, they come out. Oh, they force a punt. Uh, they force another three and out punt. Then it was the Billy Bowman pick six, which was, let's be real, that was a lucky situation because BYU was gashing OU and then inexplicably decided to try to pass it near the goal line. Uh, so that was a lucky play. Is that, like, is that maybe st- because... It's clear on tape that OU is just really tough on the goal line. Did they? Was that like part of their game plan? Like, if we get down there, we're gonna it, maybe, maybe. I mean, here's the thing. Like, and you bring that up, and you know what? That probably factored in. And it's like one of those things where I get it as an offensive coordinator. Sure, like you're pounding the ball. You think like, oh, keep doing whatever's working. Make them stop it. But like, I kind of get it. It's like they're not going to be like you're running it what five, four or five straight times in a row surely they're going to be expecting you to run it again. And they're like, oh, maybe we can catch them off guard and it didn't work. So maybe that's, I'm sure that's the idea behind it. Uh, But I will say though, outside of the goal line, uh, in short yardage in that game, it seemed like BYU obviously acknowledged that Oklahoma has been terrific in short yardage. In the middle of the field, between the 20s, whenever BYU was going for it on third and short, fourth and short, notice how they threw the ball instead of running the ball. And they converted a lot today because OU is not, not that great against the pass like it's just they're just not a very good team defending the pass which is you brought it up in the in the pregame like that's how BYU can make some hay and, and you mentioned it in terms of like Keaton Slovis maybe playing but Rhett's left he's 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 okay he's fine like he's he's not a bad player like and Oklahoma made it easy on him a couple of times and he can run so that's the issue it's like when teams realize what you brought up that yeah you can actually throw the ball against this team let's do it more and they can it makes you think, okay, well, there's something you can go ahead and circle that like that needs big time improvement in 2024. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't. Their their pass defense in conference play has been bad. Um, and like let's not even like let's try not to forget I think it's in Iowa State, those bombs that they gave up against Iowa State. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, they've it's been they've when they need Iowa to get State had there. done nothing. Had done nothing for the most part all season long. Granted, they kind of broke out a little bit against Oklahoma State the year, the, the week before. But overall, like that was when Oklahoma State was a bad, bad football team. And so it was it's like also all right. fair to yeah. It's yeah, yeah. And so, um, man, it, it's also I think it's also fair to bring up. I think you know, eleven games through the season now, kind of more of the grind of conference play. You know, the defensive line is kind of grinded down a little bit and they're just they just haven't been anywhere near as effective i i think it's i think it's clear that they do lack sort of the difference makers that we all really really want to see there because i mean that's the thing against byu when they and they were in max protect a lot in this game when they were back because i mean that's on tape now that's we're gonna see it all right not a lot left in the season but OU's gonna see a lot of that just regardless because guys get open the defensive line can't get home without sending pressure Bad things happen, so uh, a Man, lot of if, things can get better. But hey, give them max protect. If a team is in max protect a ton in the game when they're passing, and that means there's only two or three players out on a route, and you can't cover them, that is a huge issue. That is that should be the easiest time to be able to cover people, and yet 
Oklahoma's given up third down and short, fourth down and short, th- third and long sometimes. And it's like, why can't you be better against the pass? Is it just because it's the Big 12 and teams somehow can competently pass better, I guess? Because you watch Penn State and Michigan and these teams that it seems like nobody can ever pass on these guys. It's just because you brought it up a couple weeks ago. Like, is it just because their corners are just NFL players and Oklahoma didn't have any of those? Maybe. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But, like, I don't know. Like, I guess we can track and see if Penn State's corners are going to be NFL guys or Michigan's corners are going to be NFL guys. I, maybe some of them will. Maybe some of them won't. It's just it can't be that easy. Or maybe it's just it's, it's a lot of things. It's just it's so frustrating to me whenever these teams that aren't good at passing the ball then figures it out. And it's not like BYU had a great day throwing. They didn't. I mean, it was like it. But when they needed it in crucial spots, they were able to convert. And that's that's the issue. Ugh, it's just. And they had some, I mean, they, they had some drops, too, that would have been, like, first down. They did. So, great, great. Yeah, it's good. First but, series, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, I mean, and, and it goes to show, like, I was, while I was watching the game, and, I've, like, I've, I've cooled down now, and I don't, I don't know if I, if I feel this strongly about it. But while I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's been some, some you know, larder yardage games, obviously more points scored against them. But while I was watching it, especially in the second half, when I was watching them rip, go for 10, 15 yards a carry, basically, I was thinking to myself, this, how many games has Brent Venables been the coach now? This is his like 24th game or something like that. I was thinking, you know what? This is the worst defensive performance of his tenure so far. This is awful. Just considering the circumstances for, of, of how bad BYU has been on offense. I mean, yeah, they're awful, 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 awful team. You see, I mean, did you see the graphic in the first quarter of that game? They're, they're 131st in the country on third down. And I don't what oh, yeah, like, and I don't know what right, their yeah, third I, down I, ended up being. I'll look it up. I mean, I it still it right wasn't great. And they they were five of fourteen on third down, which isn't isn't great. Which isn't good, uh, but honestly, but I think it's it's better than than what their what season uh, average was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, the BYU scored twenty four points today against a BYU offense who, over the last three games combined, scored twenty six total points against texas west virginia and iowa state it's just, it's just why why is oklahoma the team that decides to give up all this stuff is, is it simply because like all of the extenuating circumstances where it's byu's bowl game and it's oh it it shouldn't matter ou should be used to this every single team they play it's like they want to knock off ou and yet they still can't they can't just roll out of bed and beat the crap out of a team. And this games like today kind of hurt my whole uh, segment from the last podcast where I was arguing the Big 12 because a, BYU qualifies as like a bad Big 10 team, and you got Oklahoma barely beating them. And it's like, oh, okay, well, like Michigan, Ohio State, heck, Iowa, uh, Penn State, they're, they're beating BYU by minimum three scores, if not four or five. Like, it's just they're, they're not even going to think twice about it because they're going to strangle them defensively. They can't move the ball. And it's going to be not, whether it's in Provo or in you know, at Ohio State or at Michigan. And so I guess that, that hurts my argument. And whereas, by the way, I, I listened back to our thing. And you're right. Like, basically what I wanted to do is I wanted to set up a segment to just rip on the Big Ten. So you're right. Like, that's mainly what I was trying to do because I don't like the Big Ten. Uh, but, like, I, I've lost part of the argument today watching Oklahoma. <laughs> I really did. And it makes me mad. You know what? I think I think uh, I think they're gonna take nice little like five days off here. I mean, they're gonna practice and stuff. And I think uh, <laughs> on a short week, I think they're gonna show up on Friday morning, 
against TCU on senior day, and I think they're going to play pretty well. I think we're going to get we're going to see Jackson Arnold play, and we're going to be excited about that. Hey, man, I'm I'm like. I'm I'm just I'm gonna look at the bright side here. Jeff Levy went for the throat when they got the ball back with five minutes left. Yeah, let's talk about Jackson Arnold. I uh I was disappointed with like whenever I saw Jackson Arnold was gonna be the guy going forward, I went in uh, basically I, I thought uh, I think OU's gonna win this game by three scores. Like I think this is an upgrade. I think they're gonna play better and they're gonna win. And uh, whenever he scrambled on third down and picked up a bunch of yards and got a first down. I thought, nope, oh, here we go, and then the flag comes out, which I still don't remember seeing the flag, but apparently it came out, and Austin Stoddard gets called for a block in the back, backs him up, and then from there, the offense was kind of bogged down all the entire second half with the exception of a couple of nice conversions and then Gavin Sochuk making a very you know, very nice touchdown run. Uh, so I, I, I know he made a couple of good throws, but I, I was somewhat disappointed by the performance because I thought when Arnold came in, they would just kind of open things up and the offense would look great. And maybe I just had way too high expectations for the guy. Uh, and here's my, here's my complaint uh, that you can't be proved, but, and I talked to our friend Brady Trantham during the game about this. This is my complaint. It's like, of course this happens where Dylan Gabriel gets knocked out. Uh, you know, can't play the second half, the same exact week in which there's a whole storyline about how the head coach comes out and says, yep, we're going to redshirt this guy. Uh, what's Dylan Gabriel's future look like? Like, essentially, Jackson Arnold's like, well, I guess I'm not playing this year unless there's an emergency situation and the starter gets you know, injured. But, heck, Dylan Gabriel's been healthy all season long, and we're almost through the end of the season. So, you know, like, chances of that happening are pretty low. And then, of course, the same exact week, he gets thrust in. And in, in my mind, as I'm trying to kind of make excuses for myself because I like Jackson Arnold so much and he's going to be a good player, we probably – it's like, what are the odds that he – for maybe this this week because he was like ah, i'm not gonna play like whatever like I, i'm sure he's a good kid i'm sure like but mentally knowing that like i'm not red shirting like maybe his preparation was different I, I don't know i mean it's it's probably not a thing but that's just it bothers me that this is the week when that was a story and then of course he gets thrown into the action and to me he looked okay but i mean the 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 missed touchdown the, you know the missed deep ball to nick anderson i don't know like that stands out to me like make that make that throw man like that bothers me <laughs> it bothers me so much and i just i wish he would have looked a little bit better see i thought and we we talked about this a little bit before we hopped on to record but i i thought he was pretty good given the circumstances he had two big misses of course the you know the the go for the throat ball to nick anderson which was there he was open by like a full 10 yards i think <laughs> um and and still separating from the guy too and um, and then the the miss to Tawi with the guy in his face, kind of down near the goal line, which uh, probably would have gotten for fifteen twenty. Or he had a lot of space in front of him. Um, other than that, I thought he was good. Um, mentioning I, I you know the third down run that got called back um, for the block in the back, I thought that was really good pocket awareness. He was in there as long as he possibly could be. Yep. Before he uh, and also there was guys around him before he even got to the first, and he made the decision. I'm getting this first down. He didn't, he didn't like slide or anything like that, which I was sort of worried about. Um, I thought he made a really, really nice third and long completion to Stoops over the middle, which was great uh, that they really, really needed at the time. I think that was on the drive, um, and we'll go through the the scoring summary or the the drive summary and all that. I'm sure here in a bit. I'm sure I'm pretty sure that was on the drive that uh, where Schmidt missed the field goal. Um. 
and then he made the he made the throw. He made the throw to end the game on the third down, on the third and seven to Farouk over the middle. Um, I I think at least these were for my eyes while I was watching the game. There were times where they kind of let him let him rip and let him run the offense, like on that third down, third and long to Stoops, and of course on the shot to Anderson that he missed. Uh, but other than that, I thought they were very conservative with him. Um, outside of you know they were running the the jackhammer or whatever it is, they were trying to run that stuff and. <laughs> And, you know, that wasn't a disaster. They were getting, you know, two, three yards on those. But um, I, I thought he was pretty good. I, I thought, given the circumstance in a a pretty hostile environment, I'm pretty sure it's probably pretty loud in that stadium. Um, a, you know, a team that you have to come in and pilot a team that's not playing well, and he didn't really make any mistakes other than the stuff that he missed, but that's going to happen. So I, I thought he was pretty good. I I thought we saw enough to get excited for, you know, to see him on Friday because I think we all assume Gabriel has a concussion. Um, and I, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to come back in five days from a concussion these days. I mean, he, he didn't come back uh, last year when he was concussed, obviously against TCU. It took him, he missed obviously the Texas game. And uh, now obviously you, you, your point with a short week, uh, you know, probably a pretty good bet that Jack Snardle will be the guy against CCU. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly excited to see uh, Jack Snardle start. Uh, obviously, you know, hopefully Dylan Gabriel's fine. I, very. Uh, I mean, if if it's one of the man like coming down and hitting his head on the ground, that's what it was. Very like. I mean, I know that happens, but the way the you know the field was so soft and slick and uh, just like man, what a what a what's bad luck for Dylan Gabriel for that to be. Did that happen in that game? And to the, like, it wasn't you know the same as last year where he was just rocked, obviously. Uh, and uh, you know, last year it was probably the the initial hit, and then probably also him hitting his head on the ground too. That probably made it even worse. But like today, it was just it was just him like the coming down and hitting his head. So bad luck. Hopefully Dylan's all right. And yeah, I mean it's uh, yeah, uh, you, based off of last year, he didn't come back after a week. So pretty probably pretty good chance that Jackson Arnold will be the guy. And so, and if that's, and, and, and maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't underrate the season that Dylan Gabriel is having so far. I, you know, I'm. No, he's having a great year. As a guy, as a guy who's pretty critical of, of him coming into this year. And I, I think he's been, I think he's had a really good season. I think he's been good this year. I think he's gotten better in the areas where he was really mediocre last year, um, which is, I, I, it's where he, it was just they didn't even run anything over the middle of the field last year because of his inability to, to complete any of that stuff. And it seems like this year, that's, that's the strength of his game. He's gotten a lot better in the pocket. He's been really good this year. I, the games where he hasn't played well, I kind of feel like it's, it's because he hasn't been put in very good positions, but so um, I, I, I think, and I just want to say that just because everyone is going to be excited to watch Jackson Arnold play that entire game after getting entire weeks of practice of first team reps and um, because I think, you know, the reason why everyone's excited about him is because he does present an opportunity to maybe run the full offense. He can make some throws that Dylan Gabriel cannot. I, we talked about this before we hopped on, but just even the overthrown deep ball to Nick Anderson. Jackson just kind of flicked his wrist on that one. Easy. And he's it an was easy. easy. Thrower. And, and everyone has seen Dylan this year. He's, he's had to put a lot of mustard behind his deep balls. And they've kind of floated, and they've sort of that that didn't happen there with 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 Jackson Arnold on that throw. It just sort of goes to show you what what he can offer. And uh, 
man, it'd be it'd, it'd be fun, man. I hope they got I hope they have a fun game plan with him, and I hope they take a lot of shots next week. I will say this: I'll give credit to George Stoya, who's uh, he's a good reporter. Obviously, everyone knows that he's at Sooner Scoop. Used to cover the Denver Broncos. I remember when I was covering OU. He, George was. Uh, when he was still at OU, he, I'd see him around, you know, when he was still a, you know, a student there. Uh, he's he's, a, he's a, turned into a, a really good reporter. So I'll give uh, George credit. He just on an update from Gabriel, just from the press conference, he says that Britt Venable said that Dylan Gabriel has, quote, an upper body injury and thinks that he'll be back, quote, pretty quick. So I suppose maybe he could play, actually. If I, I guess I, I'd seen that I mean, what a few hours ago, but. What if they? Um, what if he doesn't actually have a concussion and they just kind of pulled him to be safe or something like that? I mean, or or maybe the, or maybe Venables just doesn't know the full story yet. But when he was there, maybe or it could feed into what I've I haven't really broadcast as much on the podcast, but uh, I've just, in my head I've had kind of a conspiracy theory since the Kansas game that Dylan Gabriel has been kind of injured for a while, and you know maybe that was like a if if it's not a concussion. Maybe he like re-aggravated or aggravated this phantom injury that's made him uh, his arm look way worse against Kansas and his legs look way worse until Iowa State or I'm sorry until West Virginia uh, and you know maybe he just re-aggravated maybe he's been playing injured this entire time because it well granted a lot of people are probably probably playing injured because it's week ten week eleven and it's football and everyone's banged up and, and bruised and whatnot but that's my conspiracy theory that I uh, have kind of had in my head for the last month or so that. Uh, started with the Kansas game whenever his arm looked like it was not great and I just like was it all Jeff Levy just kind of muzzling the offense or did Levy know that Gabriel couldn't throw it uh, but then and also he couldn't really run but then he looked better the next week but they still lost against Oklahoma State but he was under throwing every deep ball but then of course he goes against West Virginia and he looks great he looks 100% he's running around looking like Kyler Murray and making every great throw and then he comes out today and and his arm looked good today Grant but also like his his move, like his ability to move in the pocket and like scramble, seemed not as good. Like I, he, like he looks slow and kind of suck him a lot. Maybe it's on like a, a home and road thing with Dylan Gabriel. I don't even know. Maybe the Owen Field turf is just what makes him go. I thought he looked really sharp throwing it. I if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, it, he may have thrown for four hundred yards in the game. He was they they had dudes open. They had dudes open in that game, and he was and they were not. Like I know, I mean, he got sacked once, but it's I, he still had a lot of time to throw on that on that play, so it wasn't that was more of a coverage sack. Um, yeah, I thought he was good, and yeah, I mean, if he can play on Friday, yeah, he should. Yes, I want him to play. Obviously, we get get him. We we need to get him his 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 rightfully earned you know Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year award. I agree. I agree. No, yeah, I mean, obviously Dylan's been great. It's just that's we're, that's a little bit of fun we're having uh, on that. So okay, so Arnold. I think you your interpretation of the way he played was great. I think that's totally fair. What else? I I'm just gonna I'm gonna go back to just more complaining and our our buddy. I think uh, I can't remember who posted last week about whining. We'll just we'll I'll, I'll whine a little bit. The running back situation. I'm gonna whine some more. Like what are we doing here? Like we're seeing Gavin Sachuk finally be featured. Another good game today. They should have ran the ball more today, I thought. I thought they, they were throwing it way too much. Gavin is looking better and better and better. He's still not the same as he was in the, the bowl game last year. He's like, I don't know what that was. That was him. I haven't played all season long. I have all this energy 
built up. Now I'm just going to I'm going to break every single tackle. I'm going to look super explosive. And then, oh, by the way, I'm going to make everybody super annoyed and I'm going to fumble the game away late in the game, which still we're not going to blame him because he played so well against Florida State. Yeah, I thought he but, I in his in his defense in this game. No, on not, a very, not, I, on a very, very. Well, I was gonna say on a very slow track in this game. Gavin Sachuk looked like the fastest player on the field today. No, like I, I'm, I'm praising Gavin Sachuk. I'm, I'm, I was just making a, a quip about last year. Like my whole thing is, it's just it's more evidence that the running back situation this entire season, as we've been saying for the last, I don't know, eleven weeks, has been totally bungled. Why was this guy not getting more touches earlier? I I guess was he injured? Is that the is that the excuse we're gonna get again? Like last year, like, oh, I guess he had a phantom in like I don't know. It's just give the guy the ball. He's been featured the last three games for the most part. You give him more touches, he looks better and better and better. Today, what he he averaged what seven and a half yards a carry. That touchdown, the winning touchdown was terrific. He broke two, three tackles. The guy is the most talented back on the team. Nice to see Tawi get a little bit more touch. Maybe he's still a little bit see, banged up. See, he doesn't – see, that's so funny. He's – the last two weeks, he's looked way more banged up than he did against Oklahoma State. Maybe that's just because they were just blowing away Oklahoma State's front. Maybe. Maybe. Like, I mean, Tawi's still probably not 100%. But just imagine if all season long, starting in week one, if they just would have rode – Tawi and Gavin as the two guys and then mixed in Marcus Major and Javante Barnes kind of here and there whenever I don't know like just to give him a rest here and there I, but for whatever reason it was Marcus Major all the time and then kind of Javante Barnes for like five minutes never really Gavin Sachuk and then obviously Tawi Walker had like some run and then he was benched but then it's just it's it's dumb like now we're seeing as the season goes on they're giving the ball to their best player their, or their best running back and it's working. It I hope good. what has happened here. I hope Vinny got in, gotten to Marco's ear. I I hope that is what has happened here, because I mean the last two weeks. Me too. The it running back rotation two, has looked yeah. utterly normal the last two weeks, I, like as a as a normal team would do. So, <laughs> I I think I think maybe a conversation was had. I hope so. I mean, I, I wish it wouldn't have taken until week nine to get there, but. Here we are. I mean, again, I, I still think Gavin should have more touches. He had 14 carries, 107, a touchdown. That's a really nice game. That, Gavin Sachuk was, was really good. And uh, I was, mean, Louis Riddick said it on the broadcast. He said he and like he was commenting on how much OU was throwing, you know, on BYU, which I think is the worst rush defense in the conference. I mean, their, their pass defense sucks, too. But yeah, but yeah. but Louis Riddick was like, yeah, it's weird. They're not running as much. But he was like, clearly they on tape, they found something that they really like in the pass game. And he was right. There was dudes wide open down the field the entire first half that Dylan Gabriel was in there. All right, so that's my Gavin Sachuk running back spiel. I'm happy to see him getting more. I'm, I'm happy to be, I don't know, I mean, it's not one of those, you know, we always kind of talk about, oh, like some people just want to be right. Like, I don't know, like we've all been kind of clamoring from Gavin Sachuk. We saw him against Florida State. It's just, it's annoying that it has to wait until the latter half of the year for him to finally start getting a lot of run. Aside from that, passing game. Drake Stoops, obviously not the same kind of game he's had the last two weeks, but terrific job today. Drake Stoops getting open, uh, converting. I mean, Drake Stoops looked good. But mainly what's out to me in the passing game was Jaden Gibson. Hey, I, I love when Jaden Gibson is targeted. Target him more. Two catches, 82 yards, had that touchdown. And I loved, I loved when Jaden, and by the way, good throw from Dylan Gabriel on the touchdown pass to Jaden Gibson. Nice throw. I love that, that Jaden Gibson on this touchdown catch he got that foot down, 
And his the first thing he did was he looked over towards the ref. He's like, "Yeah, hey, I got that foot down." Like he knew, like he knew he only needed to get one down because it's college football, and he got that one foot down. He's like, "Yep, I got it down." See, like so, I love that because he's like, because like you saw it live, and it was like, I I think he got it down, but it, it was kind of like he only had one down, but it just the head. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm overplaying it, but and also because I love Jaden Gibson, but just give, uh, give him the ball more. I love when he gets the ball. No, I mean, I think really good things have happened this year when they've thrown Jaden Gibson the ball. And so, you hope, I mean, you hope that's another thing emerging here. Gosh, man, it would be sweet if we, if we got like a Jackson Arnold game and, oh, wouldn't it be cool if he threw some touchdown passes to Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson? And, and, and Fruk is probably going to be back next year too. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it would, oh, that'd be cool. But yeah, I, I'm, Jaden mm-hmm. Gibson is, has been every single time that they's, they've made a point to get him the ball this year, they've been rewarded for it. So, um, uh, yeah, he he's a guy who who I think has has a really bright future here. If you know, if they if they just kind of try to lean on him a little bit, so man, that's yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought him up, and he only had two catches today. I see, but um, they're big ones. They were explosive. One was a touchdown. The other one was a deep shot. He had that deep shot that he had. It. I mean, he had a step and a half, and it was a great throw by Dylan. He didn't underthrow. Underthrown a little eh, bit. Should have been bit. a touchdown. But Jaden had him beat by not just a half a step, but like a step and a half. Like so, the underthrow wasn't as big of a deal as it was the last couple of games. Whenever they were going against bad, uh, you know a bad Oklahoma State team. All right, do you want to touch on anything? I, we haven't really talked specifically about any defensive guys. I honestly have no thoughts really. I mean, I know that was a big, big total, great play by Danny Stutzman to get the sack, sack fumble recovery, big play there. Uh, but defensively, I, I I don't know, man. I mean. Billy Bowman, obviously, terrific play. We mentioned it in passing. Billy Bowman, great. I mean, now it's the difference in the game. I mean, that's the difference in the game, and he made the great play. So you got to give thought, him a ton of credit for that. Honestly, yeah. I for for the defense for this game. I mean, for the most part, flush it. Bad, I, bad game. Worst game they've played all year. I, I think we all agree. Given the circumstances, it was just against a really bad offense. They, they allowed them to go up the field way too easily, way too many times. And um, you know what, though? They, they made three big plays. And, you know, the, the, I guess one of the fumbles was, was all on BYU. That was, not, that was self-inflicted by them. But they made two really big plays, and, I mean, those were the difference in the game. So, like, I, they were mostly awful, but you know what? When they really, really needed it, I guess, they, they did what they had to do. And, you know, and hey, BYU, their last sure. two drives, last two drives, nine plays, eight yards. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's coming after the Zach Schmidt missed field goal when the game was tied at 24, where it's like the one time where I was like, okay, this, this could be a problem. And the defense got off the field. And Oklahoma was able to get the touchdown with Sachuk, and the rest is history. Let's go to three-word reviews. Won't forget them this time, and that could bring up other things we haven't touched on. Great way to start with Mike. Mike, and this is the West of Everest Facebook page. Mike says, I need a drink. <laughs> Long-time Can't listener, get one Harry of those says. In Provo. Uh, yeah. They I were mean, doing a, I, I know you were watching the game at a bar, but like they, they had so much content in that broadcast on the, uh, the BYU Cougar Tails, the giant, the, the giant maple glazed long johns that they have that are literally like three feet long. Oh, wow. That sounds great. I mean, yeah, they, I think they were saying that they're like over 4,000 calories, one of them. That's it? No. Oof. All right. Give me two. 
Uh, all right. Harry says on the West of Everest Facebook page, he says, first BYU win. Yeah, it's OU has not played BYU much. Obviously, we uh, all of us probably remember the really frustrating loss in 2009 when Sam Bradford was injured. And the other one came, I believe, in 1994 in the Copper Bowl. And uh, now Oklahoma goes to BYU's place and knocks him off. So I guess that's worth something. Shane says, road struggles continue. Very true, Shane, but obviously they got the win. And Shane acknowledges that. He says, found a way and short week coming. Man, maybe uh, maybe maybe they'll figure it out just in time next year to to go to Auburn and LSU and Missouri and... Who else oh, did they gosh. play on the road? Mississippi I State. Know, that's, I can't remember. Are they are they, are they going or do they get Ole Miss? Oh, Ole Auburn? Miss! It's Ole Miss! It's Ole Miss, LSU, oh, yeah, yeah. Auburn, and Missouri. They're on the road. For Holy it. cow! That is that's awesome. That's awesome, that man. Is just that is just brutal. <laughs> the way they play on the road right now. Oh gosh! And they got what at home? They got Tennessee, Alabama, and South Carolina. Yeah, that sounds right. That'd be fun. All right, longtime listener Skip says, big pick six, rush defense, terrible. Finally got a sack, or finally got sack, finally beat BYU, <laughs> and finally he says, is Gabriel okay? I hope so. See, Randy Park says, we'll take it. And honestly, that's that's the right, I mean, I know I've complained a lot in this episode, and you have a little bit, I probably a little bit more, like, I'm kind of airing it out. Like I, I'm, I'm worried though. I mean, I'm with you though. It's we we know what this team is. This is just more evidence of what this team is. It's it's a team that's not gonna it's not gonna beat Georgia. It's not gonna be Ohio. It's not gonna be at least top. But it's nine and two, and they've improved from six and seven in 2022. I think so, they probably give those okay. teams a game at home. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Top fan, Jared, friend of the podcast, said, Coogs had him and escaped another one. <laughs> Indeed. Justin says, what was that? And also he says, Jackson, funny, Arnold. I don't get the reference. The, uh, the message boards call him Jackson, expletive Arnold with an F. Oh, JFA. Okay, wow. <coughs> yeah, I, honestly, I was just thinking about this today. The last time I was, I remember kind of being a message board person and having like tons of posts on the message board was in college. So this is a long time ago. And defending terrific OU corner Brian Jackson against Dom Franks because people on the message boards were just so sure that Dom Franks was OU's best corner, and I had to come in and say, no, 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 no. Brian Jackson, in 2009, Brian Jackson's our best corner. It's not even close. This guy, this guy, they're not even throwing to his side. That's how good he is. So that's just, I don't know. I was just thinking about that today. That was the last time I remember posting on message boards. And then they were both really good the next season in 2009. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. The 09 season, because we got Brian Jackson for like one year. I mean, John Franks was good. Brian Jackson was a starting corner on the the 08 team. He was? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, they they basically brought back their entire they 
They brought back everybody from that 2008 team on defense, essentially. Hmm. I was always under the impression that Brian Jackson was like one of those guys that was buried and found his way to start in 2009, and that was like the one year that OU had him. Now you might be thinking that's that would that would describe Jamel Fleming hmm. okay. back in the day. All right, back to three board reviews. Matt says havoc wins games. I like that. That's good. Yeah, he says the pick six, Stutzman forced fumble. Yeah, I mean the the turnovers were the difference. No 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 doubt about it. Uh, and also Matt says inconsistent. An understatement. <laughs> nice job. Steven, longtime listener, says no run defense. Road struggles continue and turnovers win games. All that is 100% true. How about this? Robert says need new kicker. Man, I, I, we all know Zach Schmidt struggled, but like I, I've chip shot stuff. I've always I've always been like, OK, he's fine. And then he misses a chip shot. And that's it's like, come on, man, like. You can't even get. The, you can't even be hundred percent on chip shots. Yeah, it's just. I mean, be better. I, or I mean, just be good enough on offense where you don't freaking kick field goals. That too. Long time listener Caleb says one hundred yard pick. Mike says arrogance almost costs. Mike's got a long message here. Let's read it. He says year after year. OU fans get all upset when the team fails to show up against lesser opponents and suffers an upset. Has happened for 10-plus years straight. Yet year after year, the vibe around the Sooners, as in the community, before playing underdogs, repeats itself. Quote, we're too good for you. Maybe we've had so many guys have career days against us because we don't respect the idea that D1 college athletes are pretty good regardless of what uniform they wear. BYU traditionally plays hard, has a good crowd, doesn't beat itself. That adds up to trouble. He says OU's 0-2 against them overall, yet somehow much of the OU community decided just showing up would be fine. No wonder OU suffers stupid losses every year. Finally, he says, I understand many will say the team isn't impacted by the community. The team isn't made up of 30-year-old professional athletes. True. Obviously, the coaches get the vibe. See all the changes they made two weeks ago after two losses. Changes the community had been harping about for six weeks. You tell 20 years they need to show up. In my experiences, they do show up. Fortunately, it's for, okay. So um, I, uh, I, I know what you're saying, Mike. I, I get it. I, I don't. So here's, I don't think what the, I really don't think what the fans think about stuff has any impact on how, how the players feel. I really don't. Like there's, how could it? I, I, if there's any impact, it's got to be minimal. But you're right about how getting annoyed by the fact that Oklahoma can't just show up and beat teams like BYU. And honestly, man, like you're you're making the argument. I made it on this on the podcast last like couple couple days ago. Yes, this BYU team is dangerous because of all these circumstances about how it's Oklahoma, it's their bowl game. Like they're gonna throw the kitchen sink at Oklahoma. It's it's football. It's college. So yeah, they have a chance. The problem is, I guess, with your and you know, other I think other games might fit might might fit your description better than this one. This BYU team is awful. This is a bad team. It's a it's in and honestly, BYU's lack of talent is why they didn't win. <laughs> like that's why Oklahoma won the game. Like they could not capitalize on the fact that they were able to play Oklahoma that close. I mean, look, first half, like the trick plays they tried didn't work. They're awful. Like they're just the fumble on one of like fumbling and just giving the ball to Oklahoma. Uh, if they were a little bit better, then Oklahoma loses that football game. Uh, 
this is a team that Oklahoma should not like even if you kind of go into it thinking whatever we're better like they should beat them by a lot because it's a bad football team and Oklahoma's got a lot of talent so like I share your I mean like, that's his that's a, that's his point he's saying and like I yeah I don't I don't know how much that attitude rubs off on the team I'm not sure about that but also that's his point is everyone saying like this should happen this should happen and then it it never does like we fall into this trap every time and so like I'm going to say I was thinking about that that during that entire game and I was annoyed by it too cuz I everyone and and I don't know, did did we come on this podcast and talk about how they're just going to blow out BYU I said that BYU is a no. bad team and then I guess I said, I said that they should put 50 on them but we also cautioned that hey here's what could happen be be aware be careful so yeah I mean I get yeah I mean my whenever like there's outsized kind of confidence from the fan base yeah my my antennas always go up I start to feel weird about games when that's the case but like I don't but like I said I don't I don't really know how much effect that actually has on the team but <laughs> noise noise the hell out of me that's for sure and maybe this is and to, to Mike's point and I, I share I share his frustration in this sense that you know there was a lot of that in the Lincoln Riley era. And you think when Venables comes in that, okay, the vibe's going to change, the culture's going to change, and, and it has changed. But a lot of this kind of still exists. I mean, the, clearly it's year two of Venables, but the same kind of stuff happens today against a bad BYU team. And also the defense struggled for portions of the game against a bad offense. Even with a guy like Venables, who we all like, who we all think is a – well, you know, a really great coach, and it's it's still kind of the culture of, all right, well, here we are, here we go. We can't just we can't just beat this team up. So yeah, to your point, Mike. Yeah, you're right about that. I I, I agree. I just I don't know how much the uh, the fan base and the community has to do with it, and I, I suppose maybe that's where we could you know have an argument or a debate about that because I I really do think it it should be more of just inside that locker room, and uh, yeah, I I don't know, but. Appreciate your thoughts. Thanks for all the thoughts. Appreciate you putting that all down there uh, and listening to the show. All right. Hunter says Bowman and Sawchuck. I like that. He says, let us remember how much better nine and two is than six and five at this point a year ago. This OU team is much better in year two and they'll continue to improve in years to come. I think, I think the defense is much better. I think, I, I do think the offense has maybe regressed a little bit. But it was only just because they, they ran the ball so much better last year. Yeah, and, and, but it, and as the running game has gotten better, we're starting to feel like the offense is starting to regress a little bit, save from last week where the offense was terrific against West Virginia. Yeah, I, and, and hey, I, I still I think OU's offensive line has been good this year. Um, it's, it's a huge downgrade from where it was last year. They, they were terrific last year on the offensive line. This year, they've just been merely pretty good. Well, hopefully they have, you know they got some pieces there for the future where we can kind of kind of think yeah yeah they're they're going to get better and better. Uh, David, top fan says Sooners elude embarrassment, like that. Matt says slip and slide. The, that turf, that field, clearly not great. It was a problem last week, Iowa State and BYU, but it was more of a problem for BYU. Today, did it seem like it was more of a problem for OU than BYU? It seemed uh, to me if it felt like both teams were fighting it hard. It, okay, every so. everyone looked slower. Everyone looked like they were they were not sure of their footing. It was it was just it was that was a whatever. That was maybe the worst field I've ever seen OU play on. And I I know they've played on Arrowhead 
like in that weird sod, like in the the 2000s and stuff. But that was bad. That was a lot of people slipping and just looking unsure of their footing. And that's another reason why, like after the game, I've I've just thought about it more. Just like be be happy that you just got out of there with the dub, because that was weird. Yeah. That was it was weird, man. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, not again, but you're right. To your point, it's it's one of those seasons where, as much as again, as much as I've complained and whined in this podcast, I am very happy they won. I mean, it's a road win. I know BYU sucks; they're not a good team, but sure, whatever. Road win, weird, fil- you know, weird field. Nine and two is great. I love nine and two. Uh, Shelly shares those thoughts. Shelly says their field sucked. <laughs> uh, Peyton says Gavin. Oh, this is good. He says Gavin, Gavin, Gavin. Uh, the you know the different uh, you know exclamation point of period and a question mark and finally uh, I think that's it okay I think that's all I have on the West Memphis Facebook page real quick let's go over to Twitter Twitter X at Lee Benson tweets let's see here my old buddy Jed Castle says better year un 2022. <laughs> Uh, K. Merabayan, I know he's uh, you know, in the OU football universe. He says, his <laughs> says JFC. He's not not happy. Uh, Gonzo Strangelove says Lebby was acceptable. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I didn't think about Jeff Lebby in that game, with the ex- exception of uh, one jet sweep with to Drake Stoops. That I kind of thought was like I don't know about that play call. Yeah, it was that was bad. I I thought honestly, I thought I thought I, Levy, I did want to see them run the ball more though. I I wish they would have ran the ball more. But yeah, go ahead. I thought I I thought Levy was not great in this game. I'm just ecstatic that they went for the throat right from the get go. And hey, they they got the ball back, and they actually ran out. They did not give the ball back, and they ran out the clock. Cool, great, love it. More from Gonzo Strange. Levy says field a factor? Question mark. Uh, Sawchuck's the man. More bipolar defense. Road game woes. D line still meh. <laughs> and finally, he says bubble wrap JA. More on Twitter. Casey says Sawchuck is him. Brandon says not SEC ready. Well, yeah, I mean, if they're going to play like that on the road in the SEC, as we alluded to about 10 minutes ago, no, they're not. That's <laughs> be bad. Matt I mean, you hope when they go to the SEC possible. that like the that like the tables are turned and like when they go on the road like they're like energized by that and it has their focus or it's like I don't know whatever I don't glass know. half yeah, full. I mean, we want to think positive. Yeah, yeah. Matt says mission almost possible. Just me says will he whine? Hey, if that's a shot at me, yes, I, I I'm whining a lot on this episode. So you're right. I, yes, the answer is yes. Ben says DG over JFA. I mean, obviously, if DG's healthy, he's playing. You got to play him. Uh, But, I mean, obviously, I'd still like to see Jackson Arnold play more. Um, Brett says not SEC ready, so more of that. Uncle T, well, we won. Fat Man Dan says team looked tired. Rhonda says another ugly win. Yeah. But it's a win, so we'll take it, I suppose. Uh, how about this? Brett, longtime listener, Brett says, penalties need addressed. Okay, so the penalties stood out to me in that game. The false starts. I, I just 
Come on, man. Like, it's annoying. I mean, the block in the back for Stogner that took away Jackson Arnold's run. Uh, let's see. I guess what was the. the I don't final know if the pally? defense had any penalties. I think they were fairly clean. It was all on the offensive side. Overall, six for 45, so not terrible. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I don't. It's the first half. Calling. There's a lot in the first half. Okay. Maybe that just stands out because it was just. It all kind of seemed like it was at the same time. All kind of de- oh, and then obviously the the block in the back was third quarter. Hey man, what if uh, what if what if Arnold is better at just kind of getting everybody collected and? I mean that's I'm I'm shooting very blindly in the dark there, but I don't know maybe. <laughs> More from Brett. Brett says winning close games. Corey says must be better. Tweeter junkie says Stutzman Bowman Sachuk. R says wins a win. Jimmy with Al Davis channeling Al Davis says just win baby. How about this from Billy pointing this out? Very good stat says twenty one turnover points. It's a ball game, man. It's huge. Good to see Oklahoma come out on that on the you know the good side of that. Uh, hey, remember last says, year how it was like a talking point last year was that whenever the defense would make a play and the offense would would always just go three and out basically and never capitalize on it. Was that a well, problem last year? I feel like. Th- they scored. Wasn't they scored a, a touchdown off of. Too? Yeah, I mean that's that's that was a big problem in 2021. Um, that was a problem with Lincoln Riley teams in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, there you go. They got the three turnovers and they literally scored a touchdown right after every single one of them. Love it. Uh, Sarash says everyone else's Super Bowl consistently inconsistent play. And to the first one, yeah, I, yes. When people play Oklahoma, when people play Texas in the Big 12, they all they play up. My argument to that to counter is always Oklahoma knows that. You know, you know that every single time you're better than them, be better, show up, put them into the ground. And they don't. Austin says not team 128. Correct. Team 128 at this time was what? 6 and 5 as was pointed out. Now this team is 9 and 2. But I'm standing by the fact, not the fact, but but theory that on the road so far this year, it's a lot closer to Team 128. But at least they did. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's turned into a, a, a vomiting cliche at this point in time. But, yeah, they would have lost that game last year. <laughs> I mean, they would have. They did lose I mean, that game the, last year in Morgantown. I was going to say, you made the analogy in the midweek podcast that this was similar to playing on the road last year to playing at West Virginia. So, yeah, you're right. Like, Okay, they lost to that team, that bad West Virginia team, and at least they beat this bad BYU team. Ooh, man, Zach Kansas says, trying to run away from Kansas State. I'm watching, yeah. Really? Is, is Jason Bean playing? He's got to be playing, right? He's not. Ballard is playing. Man, is, is Lance Leipold going to be offered a billion dollars to coach Texas A&M? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not I don't know. I feel like that'd probably be a pretty good hire for them, but uh, he's kind of old. He's a little older. It'd be, it'd be pretty baller if Leipold was just like, nah, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Zach says, saw and taw. Michael says, awful defensive game. Yeah, I mean, compared to what they've had this year, yeah, it wasn't great. Mark says, way too close. Strubalicious says Arnold is him for 2024. (laughs) 
Papa Bill, need defensive lineman. Uh, Jonathan says, Texas fooled us. Interesting. Terrible road team. Asleep away again. Defense saved Sooners. Defense killed Sooners. <laughs> and recruit a kicker. He, he adds, uh, you know, you can, you can portal him too. <laughs> I like that from Jonathan. By the way, Jonathan has a, a message for us. Granny says, I'll add that I enjoy the podcast and listen to all of them. Keep it up. Great to get the perspective of fans like us. Really goes well with the scoop pod and Gabe and Teddy as each offers different views. Man, that, that hurts whenever he, I suppose it's technically, yeah, I guess we both are technically fans now uh, since I don't work on the beat anymore. Oh, it's like a, it's like a sword of the heart on that one. I know it. I know. I know. That, I know you don't like that. I know that's uh, that's a it's a hit to your pride right there. I'm an OU supporter. Support the team. Okay. What are you? What are you British? A supporter. I'm a support. <laughs> What's this English accent? And our old friend P two three five seven zero. Defense falls upward. Bowman looked tired. He's referencing the uh, the pick six. Well, yeah, before that, before he had to run a hundred yards, they were getting their butts just run over. He was having ah, to make all the tackles. They got because they got to the Billy secondary like, easily. Yeah, you think Billy was like, oh, really? Of course, it's got. I guess he had that pick six earlier this year, right? But yeah, you could tell he like, like, oh, he ran out of basically his turbo at like the at like the OU twenty five yard line, basically. <laughs> man, yeah. I would have liked to see Reggie Pearson run faster ahead to try to get a block and help him out. He, like Reggie Pearson kind of was like, ah, I'm good. <laughs> like I, I have nothing left either. More from uh, P23570, not altitude acclimated. Interesting. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was just the, you know, the, the air up there for Billy. You know, he kind of ran out of oxygen. I've read a, read a lot of stuff this week that basically said it's only at like 4,000 feet above and that's, for elite young athletes, that should basically be nothing. Okay, yeah. I, I've always kind of thought it's overrated, the whole elevation thing. More from P23570. He says, Gibson finally produces. Give him the ball. And then, oh, how about this? We haven't talked about this yet. He says, downs to tight end, question mark? How about the, the fake punt that was called back due to penalty because of what Nick Anderson blocking? <sighs> it was the right call. That was, that was OPI, but man. Ethan Downs. How do you even throw, like, look for that? How do you even throw a f- that flag in it? How are you even looking for that? I know. I know. And I feel like it was late, too, because they showed the replay. I didn't even see the flag get thrown in, so it must have came in pretty late, unless it was and in it the was, back um, or something. It was great, but that was the... Uh, and I had mentioned this in the group chat, and this was before you were on the beat, but um, Clemson ran that exact fake punt against OU in the Orange Bowl in the college football playoff in 2015. And it was to a defensive uh, lineman. Yeah, it was. Uh, what's the dude? Who's the guy? Uh, it's to Christian Wilkins, who's the guy, the really good player from Miami now. Hmm. So hey, give credit to Luke Elzinga for the absolute dime to Ethan Down and Downs catching it. And that looked like okay. Elzinga has thrown a football before. Yeah. Yeah. No, he looked good. Yeah. Maybe he should have been the guy in the game instead of Davis Bevel last week to to close it out. Was he on the team last year? No, he wasn't. Too bad he wasn't on the team last year. He could have came in and played against Texas. That's it. That's all I have. That's all the three-word reviews. Great job, everybody. Plenty of them today. Good stuff. Always creative. 
Always thoughtful, and we appreciate your feedback. Man, should we get out of here? I think we've hit on everything. Yeah, I think I think that's about it. I think we've got it all kind of covered. Um, we've complained enough. We've given credit, and overall, we're happy that Oklahoma is nine and two, which is cool. Yeah, we'll uh, see y'all on Friday at the Palace on the Prairie. The the thing that uh, totally we all call it that, even though nobody's heard of that phrase until like five minutes ago. But yeah. Uh, okay, like we, we were at school at OU, nobody called it. That's not a th- like Toby Rowland clearly is a guy that just you know what he's got a lot of pull there. He's got he just he just creates things out of thin air because the palace on the prairie was definitely not a thing until about five minutes ago. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I Which, don't. It doesn't it it doesn't move me one way or the other. I don't really care. But uh, just, it is it's kind of it's it's kind of funny to say. No, I, and Toby's great. He's fellow uh, fellow former News Niner. Back before I was there, he's uh, now he's uh, obviously with OU. It'd be pretty yeah, dope right. if so, uh, be pretty dope if Iowa State could beat Texas tonight. Currently tied at three halfway through the second quarter. Iowa State just missed a long that, field I mean, goal. But uh, it'd be pretty sweet if I mean, uh, they're they're playing for a berth in the Big Twelve championship game next week. That'd be cool. It's, it's, it's what we're watching, right? I mean, Houston was kind of teasing us earlier. Houston was up on OSU by a couple of touchdowns, and well. Oklahoma State decided to actually play good football and came back and won. And, uh, yeah, now as we watch, we're recording Texas and Iowa State are playing. And what is it? Is it still 3-3? Three to three? Still 3-3. Three to three. And, uh, I mean, like, obviously, I think, I think the ideal situation for Oklahoma is, you know, you, you cross your fingers. I mean, it's not going to happen. Texas, is, Texas would never lose a game like this. That's not going to happen. But uh, theoretically, <laughs> if it did... Um, it'd be it'd be pretty sweet if OU was was playing next week for a spot in the Big Twelve Championship game. Likely, it would would be a rematch against Oklahoma State. So, um, especially if the the scoreboard holds right now, Kansas up on K State by eleven right now, very early in the third quarter. Though. Damn. Okay. This has no bearing on OU because OU is not going to the playoff. But I did see today that apparently Jordan Travis might be uh, done. Apparently he got, he got carted a pretty off. bad injury. Yeah. And uh, Florida State was down in North, Al- North Alabama by a couple scores, but they have since uh, came back, and now they're winning. So it looks like they're going to probably end up winning and stay undefeated. But Florida State's uh, run, that's, that's, that's terrible. Like, if he's out, probably out for the year. Like, that's – man, what terrible luck for Florida State fans. They like, got to go to Gainesville next week. Man, that's, that sucks for them. Um, so that's actually State, I, I mean that that really does suck I mean that is a I mean that's like actually that's a legitimately heartbreaking like sports scenario gosh. there that does really suck yeah so I mean obviously hopefully Jordan Travis is fine but yeah carted off I, I saw people tweeting that the injury was pretty gruesome and they don't want to watch it anymore normally when you hear about that it, you think oh, it's probably a some sort of ACL or whatever like the one injury honestly that People were like, "Oh, that looked, that looked really bad," but it ended up not being anything. Do you? I'm sure you do. Remember the, remember the Trey Sermon spring game injury, in like 2018 or something. Trey Sermon looked like that. he might have blew his knee out, and I was there for the game. I, he was fine. <laughs> he was he was totally fine. I do remember that. Uh, I was. Uh, I remember like watching the game on TV, and when it happened, I did like the shocked thing where I like cover my eyes and like turned away. It's like, <gasps> yeah. Yeah, no, he was good. And he was totally so, good. He was fine, yeah. You know, maybe Jordan Travis is good. Maybe it was all precautionary. Carton of maybe he's fine. Maybe he'll be able to come back for for the Florida game. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm like laughing because it's probably not going to happen. 
because uh, you're because you made the point last show about how there's all these undefeated teams. You meant uh, every team, but the like every conference, but the Big Twelve, obviously. Like the Big Twelve is not undefeated, but so the four other Power Five schools have unbeaten teams. Is that is that what your point was? Okay, yeah. So you got you got Washington in the Pac-12 in the Big Ten. Both Ohio State and Michigan are undefeated. The ACC has Florida State. SEC is Georgia. Okay. So the yeah, big, there but, you go. But, but, but I think you may have said like all the conference, like all the big conferences had an undefeated team, and obviously the Big Twelve doesn't. But still, four out of five is not bad. That's, but that certainly opens up a potential spot though. Florida State's not going to be a, in contention anymore for, yeah, one of these other th- like like an Oregon or, God help us, another like two Big Ten teams, which is dumb because the Big Ten is just incredibly top heavy and not. Very what does good. the committee do? Let's say. Like, I mean, obviously, Florida State's going to gonna finish off North Alabama, whoever they're playing right now. And let's say they just squeak by Florida next week. But it's just it's very obvious that they are not even close to the same team as they are with Jordan Travis. And then what if it's the like the exact same thing the next week where it's just an ugly game and they squeak by Louisville? And it's just like very clear that they're not one of the four best teams in the country. What does the committee do? Hmm, man, that's a, it's it's tough because like I know what's right. It's that you you just you don't you don't factor the injury at all. That's that's the right thing to do, but that's not in the rules anywhere. I agree. They they shouldn't if they make it through and they're they're a power five conference champion and they've had a great resume and there's like you know one lost teams that could be yeah I, I I'm with you. They should not take the injury into account. They should go. They should be obviously the four seed, but they probably won't. They probably won't. Uh, It'd be an interesting so. thing, like if that'd be an interesting, dis, you know, discussion. Um, like, let's say you know Oregon beats Washington in the in the Pac-12 championship. It's like a twelve and one Oregon against a thirteen and zero Florida State. Oregon would be like, I mean, I, yeah, Oregon has been killing teams. They've looked really, really good. Florida State's looks pretty sketchy. I, I think that'd be a really interesting case study for sure. Which is, I mean, and it's a good reason that we're that we're expanding it. Indeed, great way to go out on. All right, guys. Well, we will be back middle of the week to talk OU TCU. Hopefully, you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, I suppose we'll be able to talk to you probably before Thanksgiving. So, until next time, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.